tell. Hello. Use the false loop. Mr. John Marshall. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. What's up now? Spider friends, go for it. Transform and roll out. And I'll form the head. That's what she said. Hey, this is Jonathan. And this is Alan, and welcome to the Nerdy Me Podcast. Jonathan, what are we talking about today? Alan, today we're kicking off Avengers April. Woo! Uh, all month we're going to be doing shows based around the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, specifically the Avengers. And we're going to end with Endgame at the end of the month, our discussion on it after we see it. Uh, but I thought we'd fittingly start the month off with the movie that started it all, Iron Man. Iron Man. <laughs> I am Iron Man. I shoot repulsors and can fly real fast. <laughs> Those are the actual lyrics of the Black Sabbath song. Uh, let's see. Let me ask you some questions about Robert Downey. Um, prior to Iron Se- Man. Why? Well, I'm sorry, senior or junior? What? Because I know nothing about the father. Oh, well, of course we're not talking about him. So, before Iron specify. Man, before Iron Man, uh, did you have any favorite movies of his did you did you like him as an actor yeah i always liked him as an actor he you know from back in the day i think the first time i remember seeing him was um weird science maybe right ian yeah <laughs> yeah and he was also in back to school yeah oh yeah and uh less than zero yeah he had, he had a pretty decent pedigree in the 80s and then in the 90s he hit on some stuff i remember he played chaplain he got nominated for an award for an academy award for that he was really good as chaplain yeah yeah, I don't think a lot of people saw that movie, but I forgot why I saw it, but I saw it and I really enjoyed it. And um, he was really good, but, you know, then he got into all this, this drug problems and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I liked him. I liked him. I mean, like, like he was part of that Brat Pack group, I guess, back in the day. Yeah, he was kind of on the fringe of it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was he was a likable guy. I mean, I'm not too sure if I, if I loved him. I did... I did like a movie called Heart and Souls. Did you ever see that one back in? Oh the yeah, I remember that one. Is that where he gets a heart transplant? No, it's when the. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's Soul, right? Souls, S O U L S. Oh, it's like you get like nine people in them. Four. <laughs> oh, like a bus crash, right? It's yes. a bus at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, that was what that that was before his his drug days but i remember when they casted him and you and i talked about it and we, we actually thought that was like wow that's actually brilliant considering mm-hmm. like um tony stark's past he definitely had had the look of tony stark i think yeah and uh, well here's the thing we we didn't know what was gonna happen it was 2008 you know batman begins had come out two years earlier and it was a great movie we were anticipating dark knight coming out that same year um, I think X3 had been out, which was awful, but X2 gave us hope. So, and the, fanta- the two Fantastic Four movies, I think, had been out. So, comic book movies had, it was like a roller coaster ride from like X Men up to that point. You know, you had the X Men 1 and 2 really good, Spider Man 1 and 2 really good, and then you got X3, Spider Man 3 awful. Um, Batman Begins comes out, it's great. So, you know, it was kind of like an up and down. So, we didn't know what to expect with Iron Man. But we did enjoy the casting. I remember the rumors for a long time were uh, Tom Cruise, I think, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and they didn't get Tom Cruise. And they Robert Downey Jr. And they had John Favreau, who I guess at the time was best known for directing Swingers. That's the only thing um, I remembered him 
for at that time too. Right. I mean, he he did some acting. I remember he was on Friends for a few episodes and stuff like that. But for me at the time, he was mostly known as an actor. Um, yeah, and, and you didn't really know who the uh, who the villain was going to be. Uh, you knew um, Jeff Bridges was going to be in, it. and so I was like, all right. So that kind of gave us some gravitas to it. But yeah, I, I mean, we didn't know what to expect from Iron Man or from Robert Downey Jr. It was a it was a shot in the dark. It was Marvel Studios' first independent film you know where you know spider-man was with sony and and the other ones were fox this was marvel studios you know they were betting the bank on this and they and they won oh yeah they won (laughs) yeah they sure well well, remember and robert downey up to this point he was just you know he had done those movies we talked about um but he had gotten praised kiss kiss bang bang and this was in 08. And, and some people say he got this job off of his performance at Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. But he went a lot of years where he was just playing like background, not background, uh, what's the other word? Not star, not starring roles. You know, he was in Zodiac, and which was really good, actually. Um, and other things like that. And, you know, but, you know, his whole drug issues really, really put a crimp in his career. And, yeah, a lot of people didn't know what to expect from from iron man and his performance and what it would be like i thought his drug problem was probably the main reason why they actually did well that was my point of view why fabra i mean everyone knew that robert could act and, and that he's not a bad actor i mean he's a good actor he just had a you know troubled past and stuff but i always thought the reason why they actually chose him specifically was because of his drug and alcohol abuse and and being that rich kid i guess being known you know in hollywood and movies since the early '80s, and and I always thought Favreau's choice for to pick Robert was just because of that. Because uh, you know, in comic books, Tony is that. I mean, his thing in comic book is Tony. He is an alcoholic, and they had they had like like a serious like comic book issue about that stuff. So I, I thought that was well. That was my just my point of view. Well, yeah, in the comics, it was a big storyline with uh, it was called the Demon in the Bottle storyline, and Tony had become an alcoholic. He actually. That was done and over with by the time I started reading Iron Man. It was funny, when I started reading comic books and Iron Man in particular, uh, Secret Wars, I was reading Secret Wars and Iron Man was in it, but it was James Rhodes. And I think there was a, wasn't there an Iron Man cartoon novel when we were growing up? Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, why is James Rhodes? Like, who's James Rhodes? I thought it was Tony Stark. And, <laughs> and the funny thing, well, I don't know if it's funny, but it's mildly racist, mildly racist, but in the 80s, like his dialogue, Rudy's really, really dialogue was almost like jive talk. Right. And yeah, it was like, what? Because yeah. uh, I don't think, I don't think he takes time at all for the Secret Wars because nobody was supposed to know it wasn't Tony Stark. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. He, he even had those little uh, thought bubbles. I shouldn't take off my right. head. But it was all jive talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so the Demon in the Bottle storyline. But if you think about it, you know, I just rewatched Iron Man. They don't really touch upon it at all. I mean, he drinks in it, but they don't play it up as like he's an alcoholic. And I wonder if that was, I'm thinking that might have been done purposefully. I think, I think Robert Downey Jr. got the job on, on merit. You know, he probably, I wonder, I'm thinking he, it'd be weird to think that he had to audition for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know but, at the time Marvel didn't want him there. I mean, there were just a lot of things that were risky uh, hiring Robert Downey. You know, because of his past and stuff. But now I'm, 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 I can't even think of Iron Man without him playing this role now. You know, it's, it's like, and he took that Iron Man character and made it A-list because Iron Man was, I mean, he was there in comic books, he, but he was never like that A-list kind of superhero. 
compared to others. Right. Right. Well, and, and the thing is, we've talked. I think we talked about before is that they unwittingly, you know, farmed out all their their best heroes, the X Men, the Fantastic Four, and Spider Man. Yeah. So they had to figure out who to do next, and there was a huge, like we said, a huge risk for Marvel. It was a hundred forty million dollar budget. It was uh, not. A, I want to say an unknown actor, but, a, but an actor that had that had a reput- had a good reputation. And then he kind of ruined it, so he was a risk. And then, um, you know, the director, John Favreau, wasn't really known for much at the time. So there was a lot riding on this, and and it had to succeed. And I think um, they did a great job with it. You know, um, RDJ, you know, he only made $500,000 to film this movie. Oh, no kidding. Only, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and, you know, it's funny. Before the show, I was looking up the box office. Because, you know, we're used to these Marvel movies making all this billions of dollars. And, you know, we laugh at hands all for failing at only $350 million. Right. So Iron Man domestically only grossed $318 million. Yeah. And its foreign was 266 So its worldwide gross was $585 million, um, which was a lot of money, it was which made it a success for Marvel because it was only $140 mm-hmm. to make. Uh, but those, it's funny, if a Marvel movie does that now, it's considered a failure. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, uh, yeah, but I mean, it was a huge risk, and casting uh, RDJ was was a, was risky, and Favreau, and you know, I mean, I think, you know, we've talked before about whoever these casting directors already do a great job with these films. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I saw it. I watched. I rewatched it last night, and for a 2008 film, that movie still stands today. I actually prefer the effects and the mechanisms of the Iron Man suit from this movie compared to uh, Infinity War with his nanotechnology, you know, uh, it, it just looks so, it's so believable, you know, like right. every little thing actually works. Like there's actually like a, a mechanic to it. Like, wow, this is, this, this is, this actually could be doable uh, with uh, him getting in and out of his costume, I mean, you know, his, his armor and stuff. It just looks so believable and so good for 2008, you know. And when you look at the behind-the-scenes stuff, he is like hardly wearing anything, you know. I mean, so Disney even back then was nailing it, and and like I said, there's just something really different about maybe the first two Iron Men with his with his armor compared to now. Uh, now it almost looks a little slightly cartoony. Slightly, but back yes, then it, it looked back 2008. It actually looked like a real functioning armor suit. Yeah, it was. It was a. Um, yeah, it was funny because I, as I was watching it, it, I'm like, man, that suit looks bulky. I mean, it's not bulky, but it looks compared to what we're used to now. Yeah, I'm like man, that armor looks bulky on him. And but it does. It looks really. You know, gives off the feeling of it being real. The sound effects are fantastic because you you can hear gears whirring yeah. and whirring and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and uh, you know things powering up, and it's it's really great. You don't, you, you kind of miss that with the new armor, but you you know it's nice that every every movie he's in, it's a different armor, and it gets a little sleeker. Like, you know, I, I enjoyed Iron Man one so much, I started watching Iron Man two, and uh, the briefcase armor, which is which is a great callback to to the comics because there was a time where the, where he, the armor could fold and be put into a briefcase. Yeah, you know, almost like clothes. <laughs> I love but, how uh, he suits up in that one also. Yeah, and that scene—that's a great scene. That is a so. Great scene. Yeah, so uh, I was going to say there's a more real feel to it. 
uh, in the first couple of movies. Yeah, what did you think of um, what's his name, Terrence Howard? Uh, he was fine. I mean, for the role he played, he was he was fine. I think um, he probably would have made a good War Machine, but you know they had they had a uh, pay disputes for Iron Man two. He wanted to make as much as Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. I think I think RDJ got like ten million for two. Oh, did for he Iron really? Man two. No. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I don't, they weren't going to give Terrence Howard ten million for that. <laughs> um, I liked him. Though. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was an okay. I mean, like when I see him, I, like again watching it last night, I, their friendship is so believable. You know, yeah, uh, they, they seem really. T- they have very good chemistry on set. I mean, I can see um, Terrence's point of view of maybe wanting more money, especially if the second movie was going to be predominantly War Machine. I guess. But, you know, you can only afford one main, I guess, guy or, or so. But I, I thought he was actually a good writer. I mean, like, I thought, like, what if what if he continued playing that role for the rest of the films? And I, I don't think I'd have any issues with it at all. No, I think he'd be, he'd be a very serviceable War Machine. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the, fact, the truth is, War Machine, while he's gotten bigger parts in each movie, he doesn't play, like, a main role in anything. Right. When it, Worst thing that happened to him was he, you know, he got shot out of the sky in Civil War, and even that was cured by the end of the, the movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess you so. can't have really two of the same characters on screen because they're they're essentially both the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think this movie's success is based solely on the performance of RDJ. He's got the swagger of Tony Stark. He's got the confidence. He's got the pat, the pathos, the the, the emotional. You know, you know that hurt underneath all of all that Playboy exterior, uh, and he just he he was Tony Stark. You know, the end scene when he says "I am Iron Man," he should have just said "I am Tony Stark" because that's that's who RDJ was. He was he was comic book come to life. You know, as longtime comic book readers, I was like, I'm watching Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Favreau made a good choice. What he did apparently was like there wasn't like a concrete script. And he wanted he wanted uh, Downey to just kind of be himself, and that's why like his interactions with all the other characters seem so genuine and seem mm-hmm. so up the cuff, and he wanted that realism. And boy, that's genius to just let Robert be him, be himself. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's that's un- understanding your talent you got, I guess. Understanding the other actors. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, so his interactions with the other with the other. Uh, people in the movie just seemed so genuine even with Gwyneth Paltrow I thought she was you know I, I was never a huge fan of her but I, I thought she was awesome in this I'm like everyone in this movie is just really good yeah no there's no there's no bad performances I mean even the introduction of Phil Coulson um I can't remember the actor's name now uh, Clark Gregg uh you know he does a great job even when he's talking about you know the strategic whatever 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 yeah um, even that running joke they have through the film you know is great and even Though he's played mostly for laughs, the part where he's pepper in the in the uh, not the factory in the building or whatever you want to call it, you know he he's a bad he's a badass and in the other shield agents they're badasses yeah so yeah it was great great casting all around and uh, I mean if I had to find a flaw I'd say the the end battle was kind of weak I thought mm-hmm. um, but for the time when I look back eight years uh, ten years ago in two thousand eight uh, you know it was great. 
I mean, I always want more action in these movies. But you, I, I think I've learned that the formula for origin movies are a lot of exposition and not so much action because you got you got to set up the guy, you know, the world that you're about to enter. Do you so. think um, when you know the start of filming of this particular movie, do you think Kevin Feige had an idea that they're going to push for Avengers? Um, I think the tag scene at the end with Nick Fury was a nice little you know, nod to the fans and the audience. And I think it was in the back of mind, if it hits this number or if it makes this amount of money, we'll, we'll start doing plans for Avengers. Right. Because I think it was, well, they already had Hulk right on the table. Cause I think Hulk came out, the incredible Hulk came out later that year. Um, so oh, yeah, they already had did, Iron yeah. Man and incredible Hulk. I don't yeah. know if they had announced Thor or Captain America yet. Right, I don't think they had announced them. I think upon the success of Iron Man, they they announced Thor and Captain America. So I think I think they went into a thinking: if Iron Man hits X amount of money, or, or is this successful, or whatever word you want to use, like I think they had plans that were like you know, in case of success, break glass. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like this is what we're gonna do. Yeah. If Iron Man if Iron Man didn't work, oh, we'll see how Hulk does. You know, yeah. If Hulk doesn't work, also then we'll see where we stand with our money and what we can do and blah, 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 you know? Yeah. So I think it was something like that. How crazy is that? This, that this Iron Man film 2008 was like the, the kickoff of this, this whole entire journey of the last decade. It's, it's unreal. Yeah, it really is. And the thing is with the Iron Man movies, I think two, they, two of them came out before maybe Thor. I don't remember because I know Captain America: First Avenger was the last movie to come out before Avengers. Uh, yeah, so Iron Man, it was Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, and Iron Man Two, and then Thor, then First Avenger, then Avengers. Hmm. So, um, uh, yeah, it's if you really watch the early movies, uh, you can see the seeds of what they're planning to do. Even with the with the Infinity Stones, I I don't think. I mean, they introduced the Tesseract in the first Avenger. Um, I don't know if that was meant to be a stone. You know what I mean? Oh, really? Yeah, I think because there, you know, remember in the comics there was the Cosmic Cube. Oh yeah. I think that was their version of the Cosmic Cube, and they kind of retconned the fact oh, that it was housing a stone. Gotcha. Right. You know. Yeah. Huh. I I I'd like to see that 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 book. The Feige master plan, you know, mm. like, like from beginning to like the whole freaking thought process. I want to know what that is, you know, like how how deep and how much was in the planning in the early early stages of this Marvel universe, and how much like he got right and or things that he wanted to do or you know or things that just kind of came to fruition because of the success of, of these movies. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think. I mean, I'm sure they have an overall outline. I think once they were really, really successful and they knew they were building toward Infinity Gauntlet, it, I think it got more cohesive and stuff like that. Yeah. I think, and I think also with, I gotta stop saying that word. Also with the, uh, with the Russos jumping on board with um, Winter Soldier, yeah. that changed the game. Because you could, you could you, there's a definitive line, especially obviously in the way Captain, the way Captain America is portrayed, there's there's definitely a line between there's a pre Winter Soldier and a post Winter Soldier Marvel Universe, mm, right? You know, 
there's just I, I mean it's still the same Marvel universe but there's a different feel a different um, just way that the heroes are portrayed pre and post Winter Soldier right. and I think I don't know I, Winter Soldier might be where their plan really started you know hitting it's hitting hitting the tracks right yeah Winter Soldier, yeah. yeah, no, I agree with you. I think Winter Soldier for me. I mean, for me, that's still my favorite Marvel movie so far. Uh, it it took the their superhero idea to the next level in regards to quality, you know. Versus, hey, we're gonna do a Captain America movie, we're gonna do a Thor movie, you know, just like putting movies out there. But Winter Soldier was just a, on another level of seriousness. Like it didn't really even feel like a superhero movie at all. You know, Cap doesn't wear his cap stuff till like the very end of the movie too. Right. But, uh, but look, the thing with Iron Man was that it needed to be successful. Marvel had a lot riding on. You know, Disney didn't even own Marvel at this point yet. They bought it in 09. Oh, yeah. Wow. So this was a straight up Marvel win it or lose situation. And, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if part of their plan was like, look, if we, if Iron Man and Hulk do really well or whatever, and we look good, it'll make us look good to Disney. They can buy us. And then, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that. I just want to. You know, walk away from the table with some money in my pocket. <laughs> um, yeah, because Marvel at the time, do you remember uh, Marvel? I'm trying to think financially. Where were they fin- financi- financially wise during that time period? Were they? Well, I think comic books was, was saturated at that point already. Uh, I'm not sure um, where they were financially. Well, the bankruptcy was was like late. Mid nineties, late mid nineties, right? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That's right. Because I think Spider Man, the 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 popularity of the Spider Man movies kind of helped them out a little bit. Right. Well, they did make. I don't know how much money they got, but they made money. They made some money from Spider Man and X Men, mm. and and Blade and all that. But they, remember, I think this like Sony and Fox got most of the money from those. Right. You know. So I don't know. Hmm. I don't know where they were financially, but yeah. So Disney bought them in '09 and. Uh, you know they've been doing gangbuster since so I mean you, you gotta look it's, it's Kevin Feige he's been the one whatchamacallit through this whole thing he's been the one the mastermind the linchpin yeah the steady thing <laughs> right. through the, you know the directors have changed the writers have changed um, but it's it's been him and, and he just he's just got this idea for what he wanted to do and um He's doing a great job with it. Let's get back to Iron Man though, real quick. Um, so, I, what I love about Iron Man was its origin story sticks really, really closely to. It's almost exactly like his origin in the comic book, except they they just had to change the wars. You know, in the comics it was uh, Vietnam. Yeah. And here it's you know uh, the Gulf War. Uh, and I think they just give it like it's it's all quasi believable, you know. Yeah. It's it's just they do, just do a great job. I love that his original armor. In the movie looked looked almost exactly like the armor from the comic book oh yeah uh, yeah we talked about in other movies how they don't you know like when the accent came out we we're like why are you just wearing black leather they even make a <laughs> joke about you you know they even make a joke about yellow spandex right know? yeah you know how so he, i mean spider-man's costume was good but it wasn't like perfect it was you know had that 3d like the 3d webbing and stuff on there mm-hmm. um so it was nice to see Iron Man was true to, to a lot of the different comic book um, renditions. I think with Marvel, uh, though, it was probably the first time they really tried to embrace the comic 
book element of the movies. Like you said, like right. with X Men, they they really they they matured it, I guess. You know, Wolverine was vastly different than the comic book, and it seems like Iron Man was you know, like every little detail was literally lifted from the books itself. I mean, when you when I used to like even laugh at like the original Iron Man armor from the comic books, it was a joke. Like what? You know, like when you read it like Avengers, like this is Iron Man. And the movie, they make it look so badass. You yeah. Know? Like, even at the end of the movie, you're like, holy crap, this thing is like, like, it's a tank. Yeah, that the Iron Monger. Yeah. 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 I mean, they made it look so cool. And in the comic books, it's like, oh, what? This is this is a thing? Yeah. And and they, they really make you believe that Tony Stark is as genius as, it's not one of those movies where they just keep telling you he's a genius. They show you. Yeah. You know, the, yeah, right. The whole movie is him thinking his way out of problems and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's it's just a very well done movie and and it came at the perfect time. And I think what we also have to look at is that Iron Man's the perfect combination of casting, writing, directing, and the special effects. I think the special effects finally caught up with the kind of movies that need that that you want to make when you're doing these type of heroes, you know. Right. Because if you watch I don't know the X Men one um, sustain, you know, holds the test of time, or a Spider-Man one when he's swinging through the city. I think it's it's kind of noticeable that that it's computer generated, you know. Right. So while they were great, I think they needed those few extra years to get around 2007, 2008, where Iron Man looks flawless. You, I mean, you know, you're watching a computer generated scene, but it feels like you, you know, you believe there's a guy in there. In a suit, in, in like a, a physical suit. <laughs> oh sure. When when uh, when Tony does his flight testing, you know he's he's uh, he's got a repulsor blast and he's, he's it's like flying around in his you know his garage thing. He's flying over the cars. I mean that just looks so good. You know, yeah. like it's it's not like a that's actually not like a computer. I mean he was like like literally on cables and stuff. But that actually looked legitimately good. Right, and and they were able to clean it up so well that you would think it's it's an actual thing, and that's what I think really sold me on this movie is, is the believability of mm-hmm. who Iron Man is and and Robert bring Tony Stark to life. And I love the genius move of, and I don't think we had seen it before this movie, um, but you saw it in every superhero movie where people wore masks. They always had to find a reason for the hero to take their mask off. Oh yeah. Uh, so so you can see the actor remote and and act. But here they have that heads-up display scene. Yeah, and that was genius. Like I don't remember seeing anything like that up to that point. Right. And it's a way because you're 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 inside you're inside the suit with him, you know. Oh yeah. Um, and you still get to see him act and emote and all this stuff, and it, it was just a really ingenious idea of a way to communicate. These guys want to make movies. Mm. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. You know, one thing I do remember is, is when the trailer came out, they were playing ACDC. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this is going to be a good movie. <laughs> well, the movie, op- the movie opens with ACDC. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I'm, I'm reading this, and Avi Arad yeah. was one of the producers on it. Yeah, he did, like, most, like, he was, like, almost every Marvel thing. And then he just, what happened? They gave him the boot after Incredible Hulk. I thought. Well, no, he, he was he was X Men, Spider Man. Yeah. And then he was on Iron Man and Incredible Hulk, but then afterwards, it's all Kevin Feige. Yeah, they had him. I remember there was an issue with him interfering with something, and they pushed, well, not pushed him, but I think he went over towards the TV side of Marvel. 
Because I think he's still involved with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think. I could be wrong. Oh, no. It says here, uh, in 2006, he resigned his various Marvel positions, including his leadership of Marvel Studios, to form his own production company, Arid Productions. Oh, look at that. Although he's still producing projects for Marvel's first tenure. His first few cuts out of Marvel was 2007. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these movies are not doing well once he's producing. Uh, yeah, so um, so he left on his own. Wow, that's God. I hope Kevin Feige's sending him flowers every month. <laughs> he stepped away from leaving Marvel. That's amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, yeah, Marcus and McFeely, who did um, Endgame and Infinity War, and I They've written quite a few of these movies. They've written First Avenger. Uh, they they helped with the Dark World. They helped with Winter Soldier. They wrote Winter Soldier. I mean, um, they wrote Civil War. Yeah, these guys are, and of course, Infinity War, and of course, Endgame. So I think what you're going to see with Endgame is, I think the Russos might be done with Marvel for a while. Or who knows, because they're starting their own company. And I think the writers, uh, Marcus and McFeely. So Endgame is really going to be an end. You know, we're going to see what happens after that. Uh, and we don't know if Iron Man is going to be a part of it. So, you know, you have you have an Iron Man 1, 2, and 3, of course. You have an Avengers 1, and then Age of Ultron, and then Infinity War. Then you had him in Civil War, and then you had him in... Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming. So I wonder, he's he's got to be the hero that's been in the most movies, right? Oh, absolutely. And technically Incredible Hulk if you count the MC. Yeah, so he's definitely the linchpin of the Marvel Universe. Absolutely, yeah. 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 And the big three, right? Him, Evans, and Hemsworth, they're yep. all, like, contractually they're all done after this upcoming movie. I think if anybody stays, it'll be Hemsworth. Because I don't think he makes as much money as the other two. Because remember, Thor 1 and 2 didn't make a lot of money. Right. Um, what, what would it? What do you think it would take for da- for, for them to keep Downey in, in, in some capacity? I don't know, like a, like a share of Marvel Studios or something? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I do you know. think I he mean, wants to walk away from the character? You know, just to say, hey, I mean, he is, again, he's been acting since the early 80s, maybe even sooner than, I don't even know. I mean, do you think that he's, even for himself, he's saying... You know what? I, I I think I'm done. You know, like, like Evans. Evans says, you know, after this, I'm, I I don't want to do Captain America. I need I want to do something else. I want to I want to direct. You know. No, but you did say they're going to be doing voices on the What If cartoon, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they yeah. include Captain America, yeah. Well, I think I, I mean I hate to say this, but I think with Endgame, you know, even if they all live, which you know we're assuming one or two won't at least. Um. I think it's the natural conclusion of, of these guys. I don't want them to go. I love Captain America. But I think it's just a natural conclusion for these guys. I think I think you're going to see a huge shift in what Marvel does after Endgame. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, maybe that's, that's why me. they're going uh, space. You know, the, the, the Eternals and Captain Marvel. You know, they're, maybe they're taking that element. Because you still got to do Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 also. Well, there's a lot of sequels they got to do. Black Panther, Doctor Strange. Yeah. You assume there'll be a third Spider-Man. Um, Guardians 3, like you said. Ant-Man 3, maybe. So there's a lot of holdover from that. But I think they're done. You know, Iron Man 3 came out a while ago. Thor Ragnarok finished up in 17. Um, 
So the big three, yeah, pretty pretty done. It seems like. Yeah. 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 After this movie, now live or die, it just seems like they're done. <laughs> I mean, I would like to see him. Maybe not necessarily as Iron Man, but like a liaison, like the next uh, um, Nick Fury kind of role, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think you'll, I think you'll see RDJ popping up in, here or there in the film as Tony Stark. Yeah, it almost seems weird without, like, of all the characters, of all the actors, he's probably the one guy that that would feel weird not having some sort of presence in, in the next, you know, phase of the Marvel universe. Right. Because yeah, Chris Evans, even in comic books, they, they, they've had an out for him for a long time. Because, you know, Bucky and Falcon, both of them took up the shield in the books. Uh, and, and it almost seems like it could go either way between the two of them. Yeah, yeah, if they even go that route. I mean, I would rather they retire Captain America altogether. Yeah, yeah. Like, if he dies, then nobody picks up the shield, you know? Sure. Because I think, because I, first of all, I think the Falcon is a great character and the Winter Soldier. They're great characters individually. Yeah. You know, I don't think you need to make them cap. I, I think it would be a bad idea to have legacy heroes. You know what I mean? Like, if you do a James Bond thing where a couple of years from now you, you just start Captain America all over mm-hmm. and, and it's a new guy, I'm fine with that. Like, you know how there's a new James Bond every few years? Right. Um, but they're not legacy James Bonds, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I, I don't know if that would... I don't know that I want to see that. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, I like I like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier as as they are. And... Yeah, those two yeah, have good almost... chemistry together too. I, I I wouldn't mind seeing like a buddy film. <laughs> yeah, <that'd be> funny. <laughs> like Lethal Weapon or something. Yeah, Hunt for the Shield, maybe. <laughs> maybe the Shield goes missing. There you go. Huh? So yeah, and, and so but Iron Man's funny because it introduces the a lot of the uh, Marvel tropes. You know, um, the uh, I guess the biggest one being the the main villain is the just bad guy version of the hero. Yeah, yeah. So you see that in, in Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Thor, Captain America, um, Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where else do you see it? Doctor Strange, right? He's funny, another mystic. Yeah, um, eh, like the yeah, comic pretty much. Yeah, Black Panther. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 yeah it works though. It's a simple. It's a simple formula. If something works, you know, why not just keep replicating it? But I think at the heart of Iron Man is the character uh, development and the actors, and I think that's what's carried on through most of the Marvel movies. Is they really, really focus on character development, and they really chose the right actors to play these parts. Yeah, they nailed it. Who's the yeah. casting director? We need to figure out who keeps doing this. Well, let's see. Yeah, because whoever keeps <laughs> casting these guys is just nailing it. Movie after movie, they're nailing. Yeah. I couldn't think. Who do you think that they didn't catch? Well, maybe Hawkeye. <laughs> Captain Marvel. <laughs> Captain Marvel, you're still so on. No, I mean Brie Larson. I mean, like look wise, I mean, I, I, I can see it. She's just directed and written wrong. That's all. But I think they could have done better with Hawkeye. But yeah, you know what it is with him. He just he doesn't seem like he's interested in the job. Yeah. That's how he comes off. Yeah. Well, again, it could be like. Just how they're just writing him. You know who's a producer on Iron Man, which is fantastic? Who? Uh, Peter Billingsley. On Iron Man? Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, do you remember who he was? Yeah, Ralphie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently he's, he's a big shot producer in Hollywood nowadays. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Well, I like him. That's cool. Yeah. 
So he's got that Orville money. I wonder if he's produced any other movies. Wow. Um, anyway, and I think Favreau got some uh, producer credits on... Um, well, he got Iron Man. I, I think they they kind of put him on a, a bunch of Marvel ones, too. Let me say. Yeah, he's listed as a producer on Endgame, Infinity War, uh, Ultron, Age of Ultron, Iron Man 3, Avengers, Iron Man 2, and Iron Man. Wow. Wow. Look at that. Got, oh, so basically the Iron Man's and the Avenger movies. That's Good crazy. Him. Let me Seriously. See what Peter has got. Seriously, dude. I mean, before Iron Man, it was Swingers. <laughs> that's, <you know>? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy what this movie has. This, this particular movie, it's crazy what it, it has done. It's it's mind-boggling. Absolutely is mind-boggling. Yeah. And and let's not forget, Favreau was great as Happy Hogan. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about yeah. Uh, all right, let's see. Um, Peter Billingsley, I think. Oh, yeah, only Iron Man. All right, so he he wasn't on the Marvel train. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, I wonder mm. why. That's I don't know how that works. Who knows how Hollywood works? <laughs> and 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 uh, Stan Lee with his with his little cameo. I mean, I'm surprised that that hasn't been done sooner because that that was perfect. Yes, it was. It was just a good, uh, just a great fun movie. I remember. Do you remember what you, what your thoughts were when you walked out of the theater the first time? Um, well, I probably loved it. Well, I did love it at the time. Yeah, I remember just thinking like, "Oh my god, I'm so good." <laughs> I know I saw that at, like at least three times. I'm sure I saw it. Oh, did you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I must have. <laughs> I must have seen it at least three times. Yeah, I, I don't remember how many times I saw this particular one. I enjoyed the hell of it, that's for sure. Yeah, it was definitely uh, one of the more enjoyable. I remember 08 just being a great time for comic book movies. Right. You right. Know, we we got uh we got Iron Man, then we got Dark Knight, and then we had Hulk, and that kind of went woo 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 woo. Well, I didn't mind the Hulk movies. I, I liked them both actually. I, have you tried to rewatch the Hulk? Have I? Yeah. I haven't seen the Ang Lee one in a long time. No, not that one. The Marvel one. The, uh, the uh, one. I know I've rewatched it. I haven't done it in that one in a while. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I tried to rewatch it. It's pretty boring. Is it? <laughs> I thought so. Yeah. I mean, like, do you remember the Hulk TV show? I mean, that was that was a pure drama kind of t- thing. It's not like you would think it would be like an action action thing, but it's it, even the TV show wasn't like that. Yeah, you know, I was never drawn to the Hulk as a character because I remember, I, I think I watched The Incredible Hulk, but I never really liked, it, you know, the TV show. And I hated the cartoon. Oh my god, I love the TV show. Are you kidding me? What every time I work out the gym, I wanted these. I wanted Lou Ferrigno traps. That's what I wanted. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's still big too. All right, so uh, ten years. Yeah, I don't think they planned this out. <laughs> I don't no? think they planned ten years. No, I think I think maybe after the Avengers, they started making laying down their plans. Oh, they, it can't be because at the end of Avengers, they're already hinting Thanos. That's what I meant. Like around Avengers, they were. Oh, okay, that. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Well, they must have been thinking of something because you know all all the actors they signed on for like six movies, wasn't it? Yeah, but I think that's like whatever standard nowadays if it's a big property 
Yeah. You know, like, you know, Jumanji people probably signed up for three movies, you know, before they made the movie. Right. Yeah, yeah possibly. Possibly. You lot, because they, they, well, they do that, so if it does hit big, they don't, you know, play hardball in movie number two. Right. Yeah. You know, they kind of have a built-in, what you call it. All right. So, any last thoughts on Iron Man? Uh, yeah, again, watched it last night. I just, I enjoyed every time I watch it. I, I've watched it a couple of times. It still stands, the the look, the feel, the aesthetics of it, phenomenal. You know, Robert Downey is one of those actors that just confuses me in regards to, you know, his look really hasn't changed. And like, when I looked up, like, that, that movie, Heart and Souls, I got so confused as to when that movie actually came out because he looks the same. <laughs> like, like, even from, like, from Weird Science to... To Heart and Souls, to Iron Man. I mean, he, he that guy has aged very well, uh, and it's it's such a great movie. So it's it's a high rewatch. If you haven't watched, I'm sure a lot of people are watching Iron Man again. I think I read someplace or someone told me that AMC is doing like like the whole rewatch of all like the Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah. I forgot to tell you about that. Maybe maybe yeah, you can hit okay. it. Yeah, that that's gonna yeah. be like a week. <laughs> Are you crazy? First of all, I own all the movies, so why would I go to AMC and subject myself to that? Um, yeah, that's I mean, that's crazy. I don't know who's gonna do that, but yeah, oh, there's people out there. Yeah, people with more time than me. I guess. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely it still stands as a as a quality superhero flick. You can see when you watch that movie, like, oh yeah, this this must have started it all. Because if, if can you imagine if Thor? Was the first movie? I don't know, man. I don't know if we, we'd be seeing what we're seeing today if Thor was the first right. movie. Or even if they flipped the Hulk, Incredible Hulk and Iron Man release dates. Yes. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And it's movie. it's weird that they did, if you think about it, because Edward Norton, I think, was a bigger name at the time than Robert Downey Jr. Oh, he definitely was. I mean, he definitely had credibility for sure. Because I remember when they casted him, it was like, what? You're like, wow. Yeah, you know, it, it was a big deal, yes, and Robert was. was like, "What? Oh, wow, really? You know?" And like, I'm okay. like, "I guess, I guess yeah." <laughs> oh, can't get Tom. I guess you might yeah, get Robert. Right. <laughs> and you know what? I think if it was Tom Cruise, I don't think we'd have we wouldn't have this either. Um, yeah, I just it feels like the stars align, and it's weird looking back. You know, ten years later, you know, um, Nick Fury's line at the end is so proph- prophetic. You know, he goes. You think you're, you know, you think you're the only one? He goes, he goes you've been through a whole new or a whole bigger universe or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's what happened. I mean, he kicks off the whole thing, and this universe expanded to TV and movies and you know, streaming services and everything, and it's all connected. It's oh, it's, yeah. it's yeah. I think film people that study films are going to look back at this time, like you know, fifty years from now, they're going to be like. It's amazing what Marvel did because, and we've seen it. You know, we're living through it, and we've seen other companies try to kick off intertwining universes, and they just can't do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, even even DC found their successes by not connecting their universes. Oh yeah. Kind of like, kind of like nodding your head, like yes, this all exists in the same planet, but we're not going to be interacting with each other. You know. Right. So it's 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 pun intended a marvel what they did <laughs> <laughs> all right anything else uh, no, that's all i got jonathan i got some thank yous on instagram okay 
Let's see if I got this. Art of Shane and Devin. Obviously, he's an artist. A uh, really right. good one, too. Thank you for joining us on Instagram. And wow, wait, they're following Nerdemy? Uh, yeah. That's cool, because I follow them. I met them at a con. Oh, oh no kidding. The... Yeah. What? Oh, that's cool, then. A while ago, though. Did I tell them about Nerdemy? Because I know I follow them under my personal Instagram. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool, though. I don't know how they found us. Uh, maybe because oh, you know what? I, you know, I think I gave them our card. You just got around to looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> they got around Months to later. deciphering what that card looks like. It's so freaking yeah. tiny. Okay, and the other one is uh, Collecting by Trav, who I told you about this morning. He's from Australia. Hello there, buddy. Uh, welcome, and thank you for following. We're on Facebook, Nerd Me Podcast. Like I said, Instagram, Nerd Me. Twitter, Nerd Me Podcast. YouTube. Well, look, I got to say, I give you a shout out on that. Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Re- not remake, but homage that you did with action figures and Lego figures and movie clips and assorted toys and your dresser drawers in one scene. <laughs> uh, it's just fantastic, man. It's just the uh, the creativity. And you know what's funny? I was watching it. I'm like, you were made to make films, I think, because you, you got you got like camera angles and stuff I would have never thought of. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you thought to you know, film that from above or from the side or whatever. Wow, thank you. Uh, it's really good stuff. Good stuff, man. I can't wait to see uh, Temple of Doom. Yeah, I already got almost three weeks worth already, so I gotta get I gotta get ahead of the game because during Endgame week, I'm I'm gonna be out of state. Dang it! So you sure are. Pissed. Yeah. <laughs> dang it! Dang it! Yeah, and, and your uh, well, give me your Instagram thing if, if, if you're an Indiana Jones fan. Where can they follow you? Oh, Doctor Indiana Jones. Check it out, Doctor Jones. Doctor Jones. Yeah. yeah. And next weekend, Alan, I'm going to Steel City Con, where I might well, we'll definitely be meeting uh, Short Round and <laughs> Corey Feldman will be there. I don't know if I'll meet him, but a bunch of stars will be there. William Shatner will be there, but I'm sure I won't get anywhere near him. Um, yeah, me and Pete. So is there is there anyone funny. in particular that you're eyeing for this show? For this particular show, not really. Oh. Um, yeah, I did meet Leah Thompson two weekends ago at HorrorCon. That was pretty cool. Uh, this is going to be there. William Shatner, Corey Feldman, Rob Schneider, Judge Reinhold, Tom Berenger, Barry Boswick, Dennis O'Hare, maybe Laura Vandervoort. She played Supergirl on oh, yeah. Smallville. She's, yeah. She's already. Dwight Schultz, Walter Koning. Bobby Clark, who had some role on Star Trek. Billy Zane, Jim Ross, K. Hugh Kwan, Leslie David Baker. Oh, all the office people. Leslie David Baker, who was Stanley, Oscar Nunez, who was Oscar. Kate Flannery, who was... Kate. Who was, no, <laughs> oh, no, was Meredith, Kate. Meredith, sorry. Meredith. Yeah. Creed Bratton, who was Creed, and Brian Baumgarten, who was Kevin. Robert Duncan McNeil, wrestler Mark Henry, and Lori Petty. Yeah, no one. How many the office crew would be nice to meet? I can't tell you how pissing I can't make this stupid with you uh there should be you actually try to come to august because pete says he can't make it to august but we don't know who's going to be there yet so. yeah I, <laughs> that list you just mentioned is like damn it why did i have this god dang i know this this one's like telling me for, oh wait you know who oh karen allen backed out dude oh no kidding i didn't say her name did i no nope. yeah she she must have canceled because she was on there originally right yeah she was wow okay so you feel better about yourself. <laughs> wow, that's weird. Wow, that's oh, now even better that you got her autographed by you, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was well, fantastic. See how, see, how, see how the world works, dude? Yes, I believe in it. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, yeah, so if you were coming, it would be for for Short Round and the office crew, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of the guys you just mentioned would be awesome to see. Even even just in passing, it's it's, it's cool. I like I like it. <laughs> I like when I go to cons and I just, even if I don't meet them, it's just cool. Like, oh, so that's who that is, you know? All right, so this is who canceled. Paulie Shore. Oh, no. Eddie Furlong, Eddie Furlong Avi Nash, who's in The Walking Dead, and Karen Allen. And she wrote a nice little note. Sadly, I'm going to have to cancel Pittsburgh. The director of my new film, Colwell, just emailed me to say we have been accepted to San Francisco Film Festival, and we were having our U.S. premiere in San Francisco that weekend. And they need me to be there. Please apologize to them and tell them I would love to come to Pittsburgh again soon. XX Karen. Oh, maybe I can see her in San Francisco. If you're going to San Francisco, get your hat signed again. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, so I'm just going on a little mini vacation. I just like getting away. That's awesome. If I get to have a drink with one of the office people, if I get to hang out with Laura Vander, I'm like, I forget about that. Oh, God. You have to figure out how to live stream on YouTube. How sick would that mm-hmm. be? If Short Round doesn't have a line and, I, and he, he seems like a cool dude and I talk to him, maybe maybe I'll see if he'll call you. Oh my. <laughs> All right, dude. Uh, okay, that was fun, man. Yeah. Till next time. Arthur.